Okay, with Andrew Fitzgerald, he's the writer-director of the feature film An Angry Boy, played at the Horror Underground Film Festival. I got to ask you right away, um, let me ask you about one of your stars, Eric Roberts. He seems to be in a lot of films. I think this is not the first time that that um, that we've shown a film with them, short films, feature films. Like this gentleman, does he just like, oh, is he on a film set every day of his life? Is that is that his plan of life or? Yeah, so super interesting. Um yeah, so we, you know, we did um, a casting call online and lo and behold, we got a submission from Eric Roberts. Um, his wife is his manager. And yeah, they were like in a hotel room and submitted it. And I sent it to, you know, obviously the um, the algorithm on that casting network like shoots it to the top. So I was like, guys, look who's reading you know, the words that I wrote, this is crazy because, you know, we're an indie film, didn't really expect anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, we reached out to him and kind of figured it out. But, you know, yeah, we've noticed that too. I think he sort of has figured out a nice little avenue um, in that he can kind of pop onto these movies like he did with ours for three days. Um, you know, and get a decent amount of cash and, you know, just kind of bounce. And I, I mean, it like from a business standpoint, it makes a lot of sense, you know. Um, and just one other quick story with, with that goes along with that is yeah. I, I think because he was on so many sets, so he's been on so many indie films, like he came in and immediately tested us, you know, like it was sort of like the big man kind of came in and he was just sort of a little weary of our whole vibe. And then luckily we did well enough, you know, yeah. had it. So he, he was cool with us going forward, but definitely felt him come on set and be like, all right, like, I hope you guys aren't some rinky dink thing. So but he's yeah. getting paid, like he's getting paid no matter what. So he's already like his agents already negotiated the contract or as he said, his wife manager. So he's going on set, he's getting paid no matter what, but he doesn't want to, he doesn't want flakes. He wants like serious, filmmakers because i i'm I'm sure his other plan is that you're gonna you're gonna do other films if this film does well you know what i mean gets a good distribution then he can you're gonna remember him for the next film i guess yeah well i mean i don't think he i don't think he needs it i mean he's still no, doing like not, big but yeah no but i mean he's doing like he's also doing big bigger things right like he just did babylon right with or he was the father of Margot Robbie in, in a movie. And, uh, you know, I don't know. He, I just think they figured out, just do this move. It'll be like a nice, he actually looks at acting as a job as opposed to yeah. like something else. Yeah. So just another last follow-up. Cause I'm just curious. Cause I, like, like yeah. I said, I think I seen him in 10 films from just from my little world. Right. And the festival world that I, I live in in the last like three years. So you just you but you basically because he's like he's in throughout the movie, but basically you kind of like channel him like, OK, he can do you're doing all the scenes. You're, you're basically scheduling around his schedule, basically what I'm asking. Yeah, for sure. Like when he came in, we had him for three days. We actually only ended up using him for two days because all his stuff was outdoors and the next day it was going to pour. Yeah. So we had to kind of crunch it in, which we did. But yeah, everything like he comes on, we just do all his scenes and then you can kind of intersperse it, which makes it feel like he's maybe part of the movie longer, you know. All right. So tell me about okay, so tell me about this project. If you is this your first feature that you've directed? 
So this is my third, technically. I mean, the first one I did with, well, it was like a super small budget film, the first one. Okay. And then the second one I did was a mockumentary around the smiley face killers, which I don't know if you're into true crime, but that's sort of like, um, it's this idea that like a gang of serial killers is is going around the Midwest and, uh, and New England area and killing guys killing college age guys and making it appear like a drowning. So that was another cheap one. So this one is my first, I would say like real film. Like we raised enough money to kind of do it right. I feel like. Gotcha. And this is a, this is, would you, is it fair to say this is a revenge film? Oh yeah. Yeah. Big revenge film. Yep. <laughs> so the concept is, is that somebody uh, gets kidnapped when they're, they're young and then basically Obviously, there's some PTSD, there's some trauma involved, and then they decide, well, I'm going to go after the people that fucked me up, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a common thing. I, you know, I do true crime stories on YouTube and, and podcasts and, and kind of a common thing for very young kids. If they have something traumatic, they just straight up block it out completely. Um, and so that's kind of the story here something happened when he was young he blocks it out and then it starts coming to when he's getting a little older and everything ensues from there and he seeks revenge on those guys well it, it comes but it comes in different ways maybe not ex like consciously on their part but it's coming out in their demeanor when you're kind of we're all kind of messed up <laughs> to a certain extent but all our subconscious kind of like thoughts are coming out on our on the surface i guess right yeah, for sure. I mean, the whole the the idea of it originated because I had a conversation with a friend about your earliest memory. And I realized mine personally was like I was older. I was like in kindergarten or something. They were talking about baby stuff. And, and I was like, they were like, what if maybe something happened to you and you blocked it out? And that was kind of the seed of like the the, the whole concept of the movie. So is they like I don't, you know, I don't know how personal you want to give it. Did something happen to you? Like, because uh, yeah, my first my memories when I was three. Mm. <laughs> no, not that I know of, but uh, you know, maybe. I mean, you know, the other thing too is like I just remember growing up, um, and also like be, like, I was in the Catholic church, and I remember like very young doing communion, like in second grade, and just having at least my memory tells me this, but. What just being like, there's something weird about this whole thing. I'm not that's not anti-religion, but it was just kind of the the way that it was, you know, these older people, just authority telling you certain things. And I was just like, something's like iffy about this. And, yeah. um, you know, just thoughts like that throughout your life where you're like, you know, it's just a mistrust of 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 grownups and and things like that. That's part well, of the it, story. I, I one hundred percent. It's like it's basically your instinct. We all have it. We are, are we something something doesn't feel right. And basically, we're 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 basically living our parents' lives. Our parents are putting this are these uh, us in these situations. We're not we're not making the choice for ourselves. So then, but then it doesn't feel right, right? Like I, I that's a great story right there. I totally get that what you just said. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. You're you're going through just trying to navigate things and kind of figuring out the way that like humans work and their behavior. And certain times when you're young, you're too young to actually say anything, but you're like, this guy's something's wrong with this person, you know.
Yeah. All right. So you're you're a true crime guy. This is obviously this is like a revenge true crime, which makes a lot of sense, right? Because it's like it's somebody who basically someone fucked them up or someone did something bad to them, and it's our ultimate revenge part of the part of the pun. Meaning that we want. I think that most of us would like to do this. This is. I think this is human nature. This this feeling of like let's get these people back. I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I again. You know, they say, write what you know. And like, I don't know this story, but to to what you're saying is like, I have sort of like a, a fire inside me that I don't know what it is, but yeah, you know, like I'm, I, I tend to be kind of quiet. I'm, I think I'm an introvert and you kind of sit back and watch things, but every once in a while, like you get pushed to like an edge, you know, where like you could go off or, or you, or you fantasize about, about, you know, going off or you fantasize about, um, you know, saving somebody from a dire situation. You know, yeah. you play the whole thing out, even though you have no martial arts training, you beat up three guys or something. So it's kind of, you know, that's where that, that is what kind of the story is about a, a very unsuspecting kid who goes on and, and takes on like the big guys. All right. So what's the, so you wrote the script and what's the next step you have uh, like you, you've, like you said, you have experience directing features. You understand the tone and like kind of the journey, I guess this is a bigger budget. So this is something when you're writing it, this is something you knew 100% you're going to direct and make into a film. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. So, you know, with my YouTube channel and things like that, I have a decent amount of followers. I was able to raise money based off of that. And the idea was if I can go make this and then get my investors back their money, I could do kind of this, another film in this, in this world. So for, for us, the next step is definitely, you know, we're kind of at the end of our festival run Yeah, is definitely get our, get our investors back their money. Um, at which point, you know, we can, say, hey, we've done this once. Now we're going to go bigger and better and, you know, try to do it again, just on a higher level. So the the um, the funding is basically it's sort of like a go fund go fund me kind of thing or like you're just getting like small donations and then some big donations. It's like a big is that what the process was? It is. Yeah. So it's called Start Engine. I don't know if <clears throat> you're aware of it. Um, but it is like an Indiegogo, a Kickstarter yeah. type deal, okay. except, yeah, it's mainly for entrepreneurs, like more inventions and things okay. like that, like almost like a mini shark tank, but it's a longer process. And basically the investors own a piece of the film. Okay. So it's not like, you're not like, Hey, donate, I'll give you a t-shirt it's donate and you own a chunk of it. And now when we make money, you make money as well. The first 115 percent of revenue goes right back to the um, to the investors. Um, so yeah, so that that was kind of how we we uh, built it, and we did it off of the idea that we have an audience to sell to, and yeah. and that sort of thing. So instead of like the other ones you're talking about, there's a minimum you can you can donate a dollar, but then yours is the got like your your minimum investment. You have to invest at least a hundred dollars into your film, I guess, right? So. It's more like you said, Correct. it's more for investors and and you kind of had the pitch where like you have this this YouTube channel and I'm sure you're getting you're making revenue um with the YouTube with your with your followers. You got six hundred thousand followers. 
according to right now as we're doing this podcast. So it's a lot of followers. So you make you post a video, you're going to get some traction, you're going to make some money um, in terms of your revenue, your advertising revenue. So you have the you have, like I said, you have an audience, and then basically the the pitch is, is that you can. I'm basically just speaking for you, but I'm just telling people the pitch is, is that you're going to get you because you have that, that large audience, a certain percentage is going to buy your film. Right. And then that's how people can get their return on their investment. Yeah. And that I'm just doing the math in my head with you. Sorry, go ahead. No, a hundred percent that. And that's like the worst case scenario. It's sort yeah. of like, if we don't figure out our distribution, if we don't like our distribution deal or something like that, worst case is we still have an audience we can promote this to and gotcha. we can continue to promote it to them by just, you know, I can put ads up before the videos and just kind of get people amped up. So that, that's kind of like like the backup plan. But that's but you can do that because you have the YouTube channel. That's what people are doing that now, right? They can you can just basically put your I, I like I said, I know you want a distribution deal, but like I said, that you have the you have it, you have an uh, a distribution, you have a YouTube channel that has a lot of followers, right? Yeah, well, look it it, it all looks like we're gonna go with an aggregator, right? Which is sort of like it, not quite a distribution deal. It's just, it's a company that helps us get on platforms very much like film freeway where you yep. kind of put up, you put up your film and you can go to all these places as opposed to going to each website individually and filling out the information. So the, an aggregator is the same sort of thing. You fill out the info and then you can get on, uh, you know, tons of different places to be da, 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 et cetera. Um, and they also don't own the rights to the film. Um, so we're going to do something like that. And then, um, you know, there's different types. So some might promote you a little more, which is kind of what we're going for. Um, and then, yeah, we'll obviously push it out to our audience as well. Gotcha. And then, and then your motivation for the film festival circuit, why we're talking now is to get kind of get a, get, get a following, get some, get some recognition, get some laurels, get some awards. And, and show people that it's, it's it's a proven product that look at these festivals that showed your film. Yeah, it's definitely half that. And half of it is like, hey, we just want to know like where we stand in terms of, sure, you know, is this a decent film? Or, you know, do people <laughs> want to see this? You know, so um, so, yeah, it's great to get feedback, um, you know, and hear from these festivals and things like that. Well, the first thing that stands out to me is that this is a nicely um nicely edited film nice 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 pace nice tone and because i know the budget but it's not the audience member is not going to know the budget so i'm looking at it from a different perspective but i'm like yeah the, the, all the money that you guys raised is in this film i think that was that was your agenda i guess right oh yeah yeah hey, uh, and then some yeah for yeah. sure we we yeah went a little bit over budget but yeah no, for well, sure. what i mean that it looks like a million dollar film and it's the, oh, you, thank you you. the film for less than a million dollars oh yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, talented crew, like seriously. Um, Kevin was one of our producers. Like we we worked super hard at, you know, finding good locations and and you know, just figuring it all out. Um, so a ton of work went into it in order to kind of get that, get that look, which is what we were going for. So it's very nice to hear. Cause I mean, yeah, that that was definitely half the battle, trying to make it look like it was a bigger budget than it actually was. So one of the obviously the keys to your film is your your lead actor. Uh where did you find him? Yeah, so Scott was um 
Yeah, we just did online casting. I, I forget the exact name of it because there's a few different ones that are very similar, but it might have been NewYorkCasting.com or Casting Networks, one mm -hmm. of those. And um, yeah, we just had people self-submit tapes and then kind of, you know, you get a ton and you go through and then we did in-person, um, especially for the leads, like we did some in-person um, uh, test runs and then we did chemistry tests as well. So it was, you know, again, that was a long process. We wanted to kind of make, we wanted people to feel real. We didn't want this to feel, um, you know, so Hollywood and everyone being super polished. Um, so yeah. that was also another, another thing we went for, like kind of just not your typical Hollywood leading people, I guess. Not, you know what I'm saying? No, I understand. So yeah, he's got a, obviously a different, a unique kind of, point of view yeah. and look i guess to him right mm -hmm. but that's kind of yeah. scary in a sense where like he he's he's carrying your film right like it's like this like and he's so young too right like mm -hmm. not many actors are able to pull that you know what i mean like i know there's certain things to manipulate blah 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 but you're 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 it's a low budget film i'm sure you're not doing 50 takes <laughs> every scene right so he's carrying your film like that's the certain there's a certain personality one would assume that can do that can can kind of do that not just the talent alone but you know what i mean there's got to be this this certain mm -hmm. charisma or a certain kind of personality that he has yeah he definitely had the char charisma and you know another big thing we looked at that i don't know if people talk a ton about but especially in indie films and going to exactly what you're saying you know, I wanted people that were enthusiastic, right, who really wanted to be a part of this, not in a desperate way, but just were like, I like the script. I'm taking this seriously. I'm at the auditions early. You know, all these things yeah. factor in. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because, because exactly that, like, okay, if I if we pull the trigger on you, I want to know that you're in 100%, you know? You know, you tell them about kind of the, the you know, there's some scenes that are, I guess, graphic, you know, you let them know up front, like, hey, this is what we're going to be doing. Are you cool with that? Because if we get out there and you're not, that's going to be a problem. So, you know, it was a lot of talking, a lot of back and forth. And um, obviously, uh, we liked his style and thought he could do it. And and yeah, he did a great job for sure. So no, no, and, and everybody did. It's yeah. a great point because it's basically it's a, it's a hiring process. You're hiring somebody and I know he's doing talent and he's in front of the camera, but you want someone to be on time. You want someone to be like, this is, this is his prior number one priority during the filmmaking. There's nothing else that he's that's prioritizing his life. This is his focus. And that's, that's a big, that's a big, you rather have someone a little bit less talented with that yes. drive than someone who's, you know what I mean? Like it's that personality that you want. Yep, a hundred percent. Like I'd I'd definitely be willing to take maybe someone who I didn't love the takes of, but if they were gung-ho and the other, you know, because and I don't know if this is taught to actors or or whatnot, but you know, sometimes they come in, they got a little attitude, or you know, that's maybe the insecurity too, talking, yeah. But yeah, yeah, ahead. like too cool for school, and you're <laughs> just kind of like, All right, well, if you're gonna be like that, I mean, this isn't gonna work because we all gotta like group together and work on this like as a whole. So and that energy, you know, especially as the lead, like that energy filters down to other cast and crew as well. If, if you know, if, if if people see somebody acting, you know, divish or something like that throughout the film, it can it can affect infect the rest of 
you know, everybody's vibe. And so, you know, you're, you're trying to cultivate like a, a specific, um, a specific attitude so that you're all kind of pushing that boulder up the hill thing, you know? So in terms of your, your cinematographer, uh, how was that process? Did you guys like, how prepared were you? Did you, cause there's a lot of scenes where like, there's, there's a lot of discussion talking going on. So in terms of the, the actors are kind of carrying your story. Is the, is it, is there storyboards? Was it just a set shot list? Like, what was that process with them? With them? Yeah. So, so Kevin Provost was our cinematographer, and he he was also the producer of the film too, right? Yeah. Yep. So, like him and I, exactly. So, we had met on a previous film that um, I was an AD on, and he was um, he was a cinematographer on, and we just you know we just saw eye to eye. So, we started working on this project, and so for us we did not do any storyboards or anything like that. Um, you know, but we were together because we were both producing and, and working on it. We were together so much and going through all the locations and kind of walking through um, the scenes. We were just on the same page and, and what we wanted to do. And there were certain scenes, like there's a scene where they all sit down at dinner and, or it's not dinner. They sit down and, they're at a table and they all go through the doctor kind of reveals the story to them. And like something like that, we were like, we want to get a ton of coverage. Right. And so you just plan on that, but we didn't storyboard it, but we know we're going to do a medium on the doctor. We're going to do a tight, we're going to do a side shot. Yeah. Same with each. So they just go through, go through. So those are more in depth. And then other times, you know, you kind of, you sort of, you wing it with, with the with the idea of of knowing you know what you're what you're trying to do so it was a lot of prep work in in place of a storyboard i would say but you're like you just you just you said that you're an ad so you understand how to organize a, a day you understand that's sort of like if you have that experience you know what you need to do i guess yeah for me it's almost second nature like i can clearly look at um you know a day and i can just i could spot your problems immediately and be like you think you think this is going to take that long. It's going to take way longer. Where's yeah. lunch? All that sort of stuff. So that was the other big thing was our scheduling. You know, we always left big buffers yeah. um, to kind of make it realistic and how it would play out. The location changes. People forget that it takes time and, and energy, I guess. That's, that's the one big that's a red, red flag when you see a breakdown, I guess. Right. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's a catch 22 on this film. Looking back, I wish we didn't do so many locations, but I think that the locations and this was our intention, we're going to help it make it look more expensive and yeah. also also help in actually moving the story because the the movie is about him going and seeking revenge and we we couldn't be stagnant, you know, it couldn't be shot. You know, a lot of the stuff could have happened dialogue in the same place but we couldn't do that because it needed to feel like it was moving so um yeah so yeah yeah you got well you got the house and in the the school that was the school hard to get the the because that's people usually don't like schools usually don't like being like uh, an indie film shooting there yeah we lucked out with the school um we reached out to a couple places that tried to kill us with the budget and then yeah. we just found one up in scarsdale and talked to the uh talked to the principal there and she was just super nice and was like, yeah, you can come in for the weekend. And so we just lucked out, but yeah. Gotcha. And so then basically, so how many days did you shoot it? How many days was the shoot? 
I think it was about 25 principal photography. And then we did probably an additional seven with a super skeleton crew. So it would be like me, Kevin, and the lead actor driving around, getting montage shots, things like that. Uh, was that like after when you were editing because you needed some pickup shots or? Uh, no, we started the film with a skeleton crew. Okay. And that was part to just get to know Scott a little better and make him more comfortable with us. Then we did principal photography. And then we sort of dipped off in the last three days. It kind of, people could leave. We planned it that way where it was just, you know, one actor or maybe two actors. So it was us, the sound guy, that sort of thing. Uh, and then we, and then we did end up doing a weekend of pickup shoots after the editing was done to try to help gotcha. fuse the whole thing together. So how was the editing process? Like you're not going to get everything that you want. You're not going to be totally happy. It just, I'm, I'm, well, I'm assuming because that's how, that's how it usually is. Are you, when you're looking at the footage, you think, okay, I got a film here. Like what's your, how you're feeling? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the rough edit was maybe two and a half hours, like just all the scenes pieced together. Yeah. And, and so then you kind of got to start paring it down. And then, and then once you kind of get there, yeah, there's certain scenes start really jumping out where you're like, ah, oh, we didn't, we didn't really nail this one that day. Or like the acting was off or our, our filming was off and, and you kind of start, I mean, for us, we reworked certain things. Like we were like, could we lose this scene like entirely rather than try to chop it down? And so there's a decent amount. I'd say there's maybe seven or eight scenes. They're small, but we just took them out completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, out the gate, you're like, okay, I have a movie, but now it's a question of like really tightening it up. And that's a lot, it's a long process for sure. So how was that process? Did you work with an editor? So Crystal House was our editor. <laughs> we had her kind of organize everything and do a few takes on it. And then I took over from there, but that's only because I edit as well for a living. Like I just grew, I, you know, my whole thing is in production. Yeah. Um, well, you do the YouTube channel, right? So you're like, I'm assuming you do the YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. But for years in New York city, I did commercial production where I shot and edited things for, for a living. So it was, you know, a lot of corporate things. So I was comfortable with editing. Um, so I don't know if everyone would want to do that, but um, but that's, no, but it's good that you have a different perspective. You have somebody else who's, who's looking at it, who doesn't, who's not you, I guess, right. Or hasn't been on set. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. You need to learn to uh, let your babies go or whatever, you know, it's really hard, but you can't be too, you just, you have to be able to kind of think outside the box, look at it objectively and, and just decide like, we could just go from here to here as opposed to have everyone sit through this moment. Yeah. That just makes the film longer, you know? So tell me about the, the sound design uh doing the sound design on this yeah so we had a couple people working on the sound design um and the big thing for me was our composer um i had worked with a few other composers in the past and i've just never fully been happy and luckily i found uh this guy jordan pace who um is over in england and he just has that sort of you know, Trent Reznor-y vibe 
I think like, that's, that's, you know, that's a, that's a huge compliment right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's what I was looking for, but it's hard, but, but um, he did a really good job and, um, and everyone in the, in the sound department did good, but we had a couple different people in order to try to um, one stretch our dollar, but also get things done quicker. Yeah. So we sort of did it like chunk, chunk, chunk and gave it to a few different people and, and kind of worked it out that way. Um, you said that in the blog interview that it took you a year to the the finish the finish the film off a lot of, a lot of finessing and a lot of different people like you said a lot of moving parts within terms of your talent I guess your your post talent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did it. We had to do it step by step, you know, because we just didn't have the budget. So, like in other words, you couldn't we couldn't give our composer a rough edit and be like work something out on this and then you know, we'll, we'll, and then when we refine it, we can like really refine it. So it was sort of like, we had to have our hard edit and then we had to give it to him, which is going to take, you know, he needs to take a couple months and kind of do the music. And then we kind of have our back and forth. But I think that made the process a little longer. I mean, the same thing with sound design, you know, it wasn't like, I think on bigger budgets, you can give people rougher cuts and be like, kind of work this and see what you can yeah. do. And then, so we just had to, you know, have it locked, give it to this person to do, then give it to this person to do. So it just made things longer, but we, you know, it was cheaper for sure. Yeah. The, well, it's the good, cheap and fast theory, right? Where if you want it good yes. and cheap, it's not going to be fast. Exactly. So that's what it was. Yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense. And so our festival, we send the audience to you in the feedback video. What did you think of what they had to say? I love that. I mean, they like, I don't know how you do you just have people do that on all the films? Is that just something that you yeah, offer? We, we bring a certain amount, a couple of pe people in, and then we basically not everybody makes the, the most profound comments. So we try to give you something good from, from a certain mm -hmm. audience members. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> that was awesome to see. I shared it with a lot of our investors. Everyone was super pumped about it. And again, you know, that was part of our, that was part of this process of going through like film festivals, but obviously nobody does that, or I don't know anyone that does it except for you guys. Um, but, you know, to be able to show anybody who's part of the film, like, check this out. These are random people who watch the movie. And this is like, you know, the positive stuff they have to say about it. It's just validation. And, um, and, you know, also the specific things that these people pick up on, at certain times is, is very enjoyable as well. Cause once again, you're kind of editing and you're like, I think this part is, you know, funny, but I'm not really sure. And then when you hear somebody specifically mention, you know, not like a joke, but like maybe a small moment of like a look or something that was kind of funny yeah. um, and people pick up on it. So it, it, it was, it's really nice and something that um, is unique from you guys and, and, very thankful for it. it was very cool yeah no it's the like like there's that cliche where it's like that old saying where like it's the it's the audience's film now right and they're they're picking up things that you never even thought of even though you've seen the film probably a thousand times yeah totally right and that's that's helpful as well like just hearing yeah it's things you didn't think of or yeah you just kind of skirted by and you're like oh yeah that that makes sense you know so yeah it's like i said tone wise it's a like these are uh, like listen indie indie feature films 
one of the hardest things to do. And I was going to say one of the hardest things to do in the world. It really is. It's very, it's a very difficult thing to pull off. Well, let's put it that way, because it's like, there's so many moving parts. It's like you said, you, you're limited with the budget and it's like, you got this, you got this film in your head and you're as a director, you're trying to figure out how to put it all together and from a tone standpoint. And it's, it's difficult and you, you pulled it off. So wish you the ultimate success. And it seems like you're doing already doing well on your YouTube channel, which is, you know, how many people can say that? So. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. We're just cruising ahead, but yeah, you're right. It, it's a, it's a half, half creative, half business thing when you're dealing with indie film and you got to be like on top of both if you want to kind of pull something off. So yeah. it, it's difficult. Not to, yeah. Like, like not to mention that you got to, like you got to put it all together. Right. And you got this actor and this new actor, there's, there's like 10 things going on in your head at the same time. It's like not, not many people can do it. Yeah. 10 things and then 10 new problems you got to solve. And it's just like, Oh, I mentioned the conflicts that happen every day. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Fantastic. I wish you the ultimate best of success with the film. We're honored to show it at our festival and uh, let's talk again when your next film's made. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. It means a lot for us. So thank you. Appreciate it. One, two, three, four, five.